The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to our show. Today, I have a very special guest with us who truly fills every room that she's in with so much joy and happiness. And it's actually funny hearing myself say that because I've never been in the same room as Nitika Chopra. (laughs) But we met online, which I feel like so many people nowadays meet on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere on the social media platforms. And I can just feel her positive energy through the screen. So I I really wanted Nitika to come on our show today. For those of you who have not yet heard of Nitika Chopra, she is a chronic illness advocate and the founder of Chronicon, a media and events company dedicated to elevating the lives of those living with a chronic illness. Nitika was diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 10 and psoriatic arthritis at the age of 19 and lived over 17 years of her life being defined by her conditions. In 2010, she decided to take all of the lessons her health journey had taught her and use it to help others with the creation of her online magazine, Bella Life. Since the start of her entrepreneurial journey, Nitika has hosted her own TV talk show on Z Living called Naturally Beautiful, hosted over 40 events with hundreds of guests in attendance, and has created dynamic partnerships with over 150 brands in the wellness space. After 10 years in event creation, Nitika launched Chronicon in the fall of 2019, focused on those living with a chronic illness. The event sold out, had over 2,000 live stream viewers, high level brand sponsors, and has been growing ever since. Now, Nitika is excited to announce that Chronicon is expanding online with the Chronicon community, a new accessible online space with inspiration advocacy, and empowerment for chronically ill folks across the globe to connect. Nitika is also the host of the Point of Pain podcast, which is available wherever you enjoy podcasts. Nitika, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Gretchen. It's so great to be with you. Of course. So as I do with all of my guests, before we dive into our questions about chronic illness advocacy and all things with positivity and how to bring more of that into your life. I wanted to ask a question from my interview pod decks to get to know you a little bit more, especially for our listeners who may not have met you before. Great. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So your question is, what is the main thing that influences your decisions? Oh, that's a good question. I would say well, the first thing that comes to mind, which is appropriate, is my gut response. 
it's really like that just knee jerk, like feeling or gut feeling in me. And usually that goes with realizing something is in integrity with what I want. It's in alignment with how I want to live my life. I'm a very spiritual person. So there's like an alignment spiritually typically, but that only kind of falls into place once I realize like that gut response is there. Like, no, this is a yes. Like I'm going to go in that direction or I'm going to do that thing. Um, And then all the other stuff kind of colors in afterwards, but it's typically the gut response. I love that. So how long does it typically take you to get a gut response? Because I know sometimes for me, I just like hem and haw over decisions for such a long time. Does it come to you pretty quickly or does it take a while? It comes to me very fast. Um, And yeah, and I think that the times in my life where the gut response isn't coming fast, oh my goodness, I you don't want to be around me. I'm so frustrated. And like, it just is really, it really, really irritates me. And like, it, it's probably one of the harder things for me, you know, because I just feel like I really um, thrive and just am always searching for clarity and just like for things to be clear and like this gut feeling that I have about things. And that's with people, with work, with my home, like with my health, like everything in my life. So if there's something in my life where I don't know Now I've gotten better at feeling like if I feel that I don't know, it's probably a no. For me, that that is typically what it is. But uh, when I was younger, you know, all throughout my 20s and even part of my 30s, I would indulge in the hemming and hawing and, oh, my God, what's going to happen and all this stuff. And it just, yeah, it (laughs) drives me totally frustrated, totally keeps me frustrated. So I don't really love when that happens. <laughs> yeah. That, that's cool that you know that about yourself though, where if you aren't sure, it probably is a no. Mm-hmm. Have you read the book or listened to it on audiobooks, uh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Yes. I listened to the audiobook. Yeah. I feel she talks a little bit about this on how I'm like listening to your gut and how, at least for her, it took a lot of practice because she wasn't used to it. And at first she didn't know what that meant to listen to your gut. Yeah. And a lot of times, and and it's so interesting because even talking to you about this, like with health, you know, a lot of times you'll go into a doctor's office and you'll be like, I know something isn't right. I know that there's something happening, but then the systems that we're a part of, right? So the medical system or like that particular doctor or your health insurance, or, you know, if it's work or relationships are often telling you the opposite, you know? And they're like, no, that's not really, (laughs) your labs are fine. Your, you know, your tests are coming back fine. And you're just like, wait a second, what? Like, I know there's something going on here. So I think that even for me in my own life, that was what had me really indulge in the, oh, maybe I don't know what's best, or maybe I'm not so sure about these things. And just kind of allow myself to go back and forth a lot more when I was younger, because I got so much feedback of like, you don't know what you're doing, or you're not supposed to be doing that, or you're to this, or you're to that, or whatever it might be. And so it's taken me my whole life really to really trust myself. And that's something I'm so grateful for now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like when you can get to that point, it's, 
not that life is any easier, but it just feels better when you can get to that point. So that actually leads perfectly into the first question that I wanted to ask you. So by the way, to all of our listeners, I'm going to share all of Nitika's social media, um, hash, not hashtags, accounts, and her website and everything. So if you are wondering where to find her, those are all going to be in the show notes. But with your social media presence, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you post a lot of content and videos sharing positivity and self-confidence, self-awareness, self-love. And my question is, have you always been that way? And you can answer this in relation to your personal life as well as related to illness. Is that something that came natural or did you have to work on it? Yeah. You know, I always say to people, self-love is the thing that I focus on so much when I'm talking to people and, and working with people and in my work, because it's the thing I struggled with the most. You know, it's not because I had it all figured out. And I think that that's something a lot of times when people are seeking tools for self-love or trying to better themselves or figure out how to be kinder to themselves, they see all of these images or pictures of people who are just, who got it all together. You know, they're doing the downward dog and they're drinking their drink green juice and they're rubbing their rose quartz or like whatever it might be, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh gosh, am I supposed to be like that? Am I like, what's wrong with me? And almost does the opposite of helping, right? Because it, I know for me, it used to really make me doubt myself because I didn't feel that way most of the time. And my health had a lot to do with it. I was, as you mentioned earlier, I was diagnosed at 10 with psoriasis and then 19 with psoriatic arthritis. And for that first 17 years of my diagnosis, I, it was very debilitating. So it was from the tip of my foot to the tip of my head. I had scaling, bleeding, itchy patches of skin. I didn't have any regular clear skin. And so I was really, really covered. And then my joints became deformed as a result of my psoriatic arthritis diagnosis. So it was very loud, you know, and I think a lot of people who are chronically ill can relate to that. You can't escape it. It's like all, it felt like it was always telling me that there was something wrong with me. And to hear your body give you that message over and over and over again on a daily basis, even when I was sleeping, because my skin would itch and my bones would hurt, it's, it permeates, you know, it's hard to know and to like understand how you're supposed to love yourself when you're feeling all of that coming at you. So it took me, I would say a solid decade to really like, and it doesn't have to take everybody that long, but I happened to get sick really during the developmental years of like my self-esteem building and so much of that. So it took me a good decade from like 20 to 30, I would say, to walk every day, one step at a time, one step at a time. And I always say self-love is being more committed to your happiness than to your suffering in every single moment. And so it doesn't mean that you don't have suffering. It just means that when I am in the suffering, which I was in for many years, and I know so many of your listeners can relate to that, 
I am going to sit there and be more committed to my happiness. Now that might be a triggering word for some people. It doesn't have to be external happiness. It can literally just be, I'm going to put some lotion on my hands instead of hating them right now, because I really am frustrated that they're hurting me. I'm just going to put a little lotion on them and just, and just touch them because I really am angry at them right now. You know, for my skin, that was something that really helped me. So it doesn't have to be this external vision of happiness. That's not what it means. Or it can be more committed to your peace or more committed to whatever word works for you. But to me, that really helped me when I kind of crystallized that because it wasn't this thing that I was going to achieve in one moment. You know, it was something I had to be committed to over time. You know, that sounds, at least for me personally, when I hear the phrase self-love, I love it. I understand it, but it seems really daunting. Like, well, how does one even go on that journey? Like, I know self-love, love yourself, love everything you're about, but the way that you phrased it of just committing to feeling happier, to doing the things that make you feel happy, generally we know what things, at least some things that will bring us joy. Again, even if it's not an external thing, it's just putting lotion on. That seems much easier to do than to think of this self-love routine. And there is a lot of fluff out there. A lot of the even self-care articles that I read are very superficial things where get a spa day for yourself or put a face mask on. And there is a time and place for that. But did you have any resources or I don't know, anything that really helped you in that decade define self-love and body positivity and help you on your journey? You know, it's a bit of an unconventional answer, but I would say I went really far into a lot of the things that we're talking about. Excuse me. I went really far into a lot of the things that we're talking about where, you know, you're reading these books and seeing these posts and it feels a bit superficial and fluffy. And it also can feel a bit strict in some ways, right? Like, especially when you get into manifesting and love yourself so you can create the life that you want and all this stuff it can feel like, oh my gosh, I have to think positively all the time. I can't think negative. Like I used to do that. I said, yes, like I beat myself up with self-help, you know, because I just was so rigid about it. So nervous, but I would say I had to go kind of far into that place and then feel the effects of that and feel like this is not it. Like this is not making me feel good to then find my truth in the middle of that. What's true for me? Yes, I can read the books and I can listen to the seminars. I trained to be a life coach. You know, I had coaches throughout my life. I've been to therapy for many years. I've consistently gone. So there's support there. There's emotional support. There's structured support. There's also friendships because my family doesn't really understand a lot of this stuff, you know, especially being an Indian woman. Our culture is very... um, you know, not as open to some of these more um, Western <laughs> ideas and philosophies, but um, I had I had friends that were supportive. So having that support system, and then really finding out what is true for you. It's called self love. So it's not about oh, I just saw Gretchen is doing this 
great routine. Oh, I should do that because that made her feel better. It's about, oh, I saw she's doing this great routine. What's the routine that I want to do? How do I want to do it? How do I want to take what she did and make it my own? And then be like, oh, I like this class or I want to do this session or this teacher or this account, whatever, whatever it is. But you have to go on the journey to figuring out what is your version of self-love. And I feel like a lot of people don't always want to go on that journey. You know? I was, yeah. I was just going to say that can take a while. You know, a lot of, a lot of us are that instant gratification group where, you know, let's just start a routine right now, but it does take time to figure out what will work for you. It does. Wow. So what I feel to be true is that a lot of people with chronic illness, whatever that may mean for them, often feel first and foremost unheard as you've already addressed. You know, you'll go to your doctor's appointments and you'll say something's off and the doctors are just like, nope, labs are great. So whether it's doctors or family members or friends, it's easy, I think, to feel unheard and then also potentially isolate yourself from either people or situations. How do you break that cycle for someone who maybe does feel isolated or unheard? How do you break that cycle? Yeah, I think, you know, part of I mean, the reason I created Chronicon was to break the cycle of isolation for those of us living with a chronic illness. Um, but it's because our systems are not set up to support us in that, right? And I bring that up because my answer to how do you do it is you have to fight for it. And I really believe that. It doesn't mean that it has to be hard, right? That's not what I'm saying. But I know for me, I spent a long time isolated, feeling worn out by my isolation and all, and it just kept compounding over and over and over the years that I experienced that. But I also felt incredibly defeated by it, right? So then I didn't necessarily go and like look for different groups or advocate for myself as much as I could have or things like that. Not to put all the onus on us, right? But it is the reason why I say our systems are set up this way is because I think once I realized that, you know, my doctor wasn't going to give me an amazing support group for people living with chronic illness that was going to help me. And I didn't have people in my life that got what I was going through. And I had to kind of you know, if I really wanted it, I had to go after it. It gave me the strength to kind of fight and be like, what, what, how do I create this for myself or how do I find this for myself? So I think the isolation, you know, depending on who you are, what your experience is, I think, you know, you've got an amazing community. Chronicon is amazing community. Like there, there are more and more places out there now, although it's so limited and we're hopefully changing that with the work that both of us are doing. But I think you have to want to search for it. The fact that people are listening to this podcast, to me, shows you, like, you should know, okay, I do want to fight for it. Maybe I don't know how yet, but I want, I want to feel less alone. And that's why I'm listening to this. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, um, yeah, I think you have to really want it and then take the steps to go after that. It does. And, you know, it sounds like potentially the first step would be finding that support and that community so that you first feel heard. Because if you feel heard and like you're not as isolated and you're not as alone, 
I think you'd feel more confident to take the steps toward advocacy. Again, whether that's on a big scale publicly or just on a smaller scale with your family or with your doctors. So I love, I love that support is such a big part of that. Yeah, it's been really interesting, you know, in the Chronicon community. I've never had a community online like this before. You know, I've had social media, I've had content, I've done a lot of events. But starting this community, I was kind of like, I get what I want to do here and like what I want people to feel, but you can't control that. I'm sure you have experienced that too. You know, you put it out there and you do everything you can to help the people that are coming to you, but you can't control whether your vision is going to be actualized through them, right? Right. It's very hard for someone who has, you know, wants to have some control. Um, But what I realized and what I've heard from people is exactly what you just said. Just knowing that when they go to a wedding and they have a flare up and their family isn't understanding that they can come back to the Chronicon community and comment on the feed and say, hey, this just happened. Who else has been through this? What did you do last time you went through it or whatever the thing might be? And they get a flood of comments and love and support. It has changed people's lives. So whether it's Chronicon or it's your platform or whatever one works for the person, it's not about being attached to where you go, but like that level of support, you deserve it. If you're going through something, you deserve it, whatever you're going through. And I think people who, especially who are chronically ill, We have just been tossed aside so often and left out of so many conversations and so much in media and, you know, so many things like that. And I just think that, yeah, it it really can make such a huge difference. Absolutely. And I do want to get into more of the Chronicon and Chronicon community because I, for my listeners that don't know this, I'm actually in that community. I recently joined and it's so cool because not only is it helpful for what you just said with people commenting about their chronic illness and looking for advice, but what I've noticed too, is there's also just like fun talk, like what people are doing that weekend, they're sharing their post of their dog and relating to that. So it feels like a community that's not just to talk about the illness side of life, but also the fun things too. And I think that's so great. That's actually like the, one of the biggest purposes of Chronicon, you know, because I always felt like I either had to like be just a sick person or like I had to be totally healthy and then have this thriving life. It's almost like we never see or rarely see a person who happens to be sick. That's also all of these other things. And so that's a huge part of my mission as well of wanting people to know like, yeah, I have these conditions and I'm also a New Yorker and I'm also an entrepreneur and I'm also, you know, a woman and I'm also a daughter. I'm also whatever. Like I'm in a chorus. I do all of these things that have nothing to do with my health, you know? And so I think that that's really what sets Chronicon apart from other, um, especially like specifically support groups that are very like, you know, maybe more about commiserating or, you know, more about the, challenges that are going on with our conditions. We all need a place to to be heard, but I think Chronicon is really set up to celebrate the whole person while also acknowledging the person's experience. So I'm so happy you're a member. Makes me so happy. Yes. And one thing that I love too, is you do 
live chats, which I think is so great because as I keep mentioning, your social media is so great. You guys truly need to follow her. You will feel the energy and the positive vibes just from that and talking to you in real life, even though it's virtual, you know, actually being able to talk to you is even better than just watching you on the screen. So I love that that's part of that community as well. You know, it's honestly like, it makes me so happy. It's like when I'm having a hard day or I'm having a hard week or something like that, cause I'm human. So that happens. I like look forward to going to a Chronicon event on Zoom because I just know everyone is gonna be so beautiful and so vulnerable and so loving and so kind. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So I I appreciate you saying that. Of course. And this month in October is the one year anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, it's Chronicon's birthday (laughs) because it's my child. Um, But yes, it's October 28th. And we launched the first Chronicon live conference on October 28th in 2019. And then a year later in 2020, during the pandemic, launched the Chronicon community. And so this is our year anniversary of that. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Can you explain? I do think I can understand just from our conversation so far, but just to reiterate this again, can you explain who is an ideal participant for the Chronicon? What types of things might they currently be feeling or going through that would make them a good candidate for something that your community could help with? Yeah, I think, well, someone with a chronic illness for sure, although we do accept and invite allies to join us. So like, if you are, you know, like in your case, if you're someone who's supporting people with chronic illnesses, or you're someone who loves someone with a chronic illness, that also, those people are very much welcome. Um, But if you have a chronic illness specifically, I find that a person who is ready to embrace how full their life can be while living with a chronic illness. So it doesn't mean you have to know how to do that. That's not what it, that's not what it means, but understanding that I am more than my disease. I am more than my situation. And maybe I am just one or two things more right now because I'm in pain and I, I lost my mobility and I, you know, can't work or things like certain situations have come up because of your health. That's fine. But the fact that you are looking to see all that you are and not just, you know, have your life be um, defined by your illness entirely, I think that is something that is really that differentiates us from other communities out there. So again, it's not about we talk about chronic illness like all the time, right, because we're all going through flare ups or we have our weekly gratitude posts and people will say, oh, I'm so happy my doctor was really great. I went to a new appointment or I, you know, I'm finally feeling better and I was flaring up for weeks or whatever it might be. That's a part of the fabric of our lives, right? But most of the people that are in the chronic con community feel like they are the only ones in their life that really know what it's like to live with a chronic illness between the foods that we have to eat, the ways we have to move, the sleep that we need, you know, all of those different elements. So when you come to the community online, it's just like, it just, it's like such a deep exhale. It feels like, oh my God, I don't have to explain this to you. I can just tell you, I went to a bad doctor's appointment who didn't believe me. And everyone is like, oh my gosh, I have been there. This is like totally, you know, 
Yeah. So, but I think the defining thing is that someone who's really ready or is already, you know, thinking about their life as a full life um, and not just about their health. And I think that's great that you also mentioned that you don't need to know how yes. that, that will come with time, with resources, with, with, et cetera, but you don't need to know the how just, you're ready to feel that way and to embrace it. I think that's so great. Yeah. So for people who are looking to find you, whether it's social media or the Chronicon community, can you give us some resources that they can go to find you? Sure. Yeah. Well, I am at Nitika Chopra on Instagram and at Chronicon official um, for Chronicon Instagram. And then the chroniconcommunity.com is where you can find our community. We also, I really want to mention, we have a sliding scale scholarship program, which is linked at the bottom of our, um, you know, registration page for the chroniconcommunity.com. Um, so if you apply, I give a scholarship basically to anyone who needs one. It's just about having people apply. So I'm clear that they want to be a part of this. They really want to be a member. Um, so I really encourage people if price, I mean, it's $25 a month, which, you know, we give tons of resources and all of that. But if price is a factor for anyone, I really, really um, encourage people to apply. And you also get your first week free when you join um, if you don't apply for the scholarship. So um, that's available to everybody. Amazing. And as I mentioned in the very beginning, I'll put all those links and everything in the show notes. So if anyone is looking for you, they'll be able to find you easily. Nitika, thank you so much. I truly feel so much joy and just happier every time I talk to you. So I appreciate you chatting with me and our listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show and sharing all of this with your audience. Of course. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.